I've arrived to the Sunseed Trust or the Sunseed Desert Technology um, and I'm in a room with Lara who does communications and also with Quetzal, Quetzal yes. who, is com- uh, who does um, um, technology and community. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, we, 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 we will get there. That's community. That's community. That's Quetzal, very good name. So um, I don't normally make an introduction like this, but I have to explain. I've arrived um, and I haven't seen anything that the community does here yet, and I don't know too much about it. I prefer not to do too much research on the internet before I arrive to places. Um, but two people here um, are being very kind and have given me um, some some of their time this afternoon to speak with me about what is happening here. So in this interview, we'll find out more. Um, Lara, could you tell me about this community here, please? Um, well... Oh, yeah, that's a very broad question. I'm uh, just going to go with um, myself, how I arrived here and um, what my perspective about the place is a little bit, because I feel like Sunseed is a place that um, is something else for everybody who is here, even though we are like a community consistent of 25, uh, sometimes 30, sometimes just 15 people. Um, I feel like it's always like in the people's imaginations and everybody has maybe a little bit of a different idea of what actually Sunseed is for them. And I came here because, um, well, I was living in Barcelona last year and I was studying environmental justice and feeling so disconnected from from everything that I'm thinking and actually trying to put in into my actions, but then how I'm living and consuming in the city because it's it was just so difficult for me to um, to not feel these kind of cognitive dissonances that come with um, thinking one way and acting a completely different way. For instance, that I'm I'm living in a flat with uh, three guys who are like cooking meat every day or like being not able to um, to choose about um, how my energy is actually produced or like um, where my uh, my my in the sense that. For instance, I was um, going out a lot and um, like um, consuming in bars and cafes. And I really like this because it's the way to connect to people in the city. But that's the heavy thing because there you feel like um, that everything is commodified and every of your relationships or something is somehow based on consuming something because all places are made to consume. And I wanted to change that. And I found a girl who was telling me about this community and... um, she she just inspired me so much that I was like, wow, okay, I'm going to apply. And after a few weeks, I arrived here and um, I arrived as communication assistant, um, which is uh, one of the positions that um, we have in our structure of um, 12 people are staff, I think, around 12. We have several departments and every department has one coordinator and one assistant. Um, and um, these departments are sustainable living, gardens, um, appropriate technology, eco-maintenance, communication, education, um, operations. Am I missing something? Uh, appropriate technology, eco-building, um, that's it. Southeast. Basically, yes. Exactly. So I came as one of the members of the staff from um, the communications. And then after a month that I arrived, 
um, we figured out as a community that the way that we are doing this community is somehow not really sustainable in the sense that um, all my job description and my, my expectancies also of being here changed a lot. And actually, it's even better than being communication assistant. And I love being part of this transition, it's called. Um, so we are a team of 10 people who are trying to rebuild the community a little bit. We're gonna close down for the next six months towards um, outside applications of um, volunteers or people who are having their educational experiences here normally. And we're gonna focus more on renovating the place to be a place where people actually can stay. Because that's the interesting thing about Sunseed, that we are a very transitory community. Everybody comes and leaves again, like in the sense that... Um, we are very, very much in flux. Like uh, there are many people um, just passing by. And I've stayed here now for four months only and I've seen so many people passing by, um, which is like this constant group energy of chaos somehow, which is very heavy to take because you can't settle down in your, um, your emotional environment, um, which is um, sometimes very heavy to take because um, you don't really integrate in a way but it's always a, ro a constant roller coaster of shifting kinds of dynamics of um, of people and at the same time that's very interesting because it sends you on an incredible journey of self-exploration and development at the other hand what about the place like are we really giving back to the place when we're handling the community like this because all the handovers that are made between the people who are leaving and the people the new people who are coming It's super tough. Like um, you arrive here, you get to know a little bit about the earth and the gardens and then you leave again and you pass it on to the next person. But um, this is not a sustainable model in the sense of really giving back to the place also and not only focusing on our self-development, but actually trying to integrate with the place here, with the region, um, Almeria, with Sorbas locally, the, the village with the people. Um, and um, yeah, that like it's easy to understand no as a project around here you wouldn't like to have one person to communicate to and then every six months it really changes heavily because it's a new person and it's a new person again and um, that's why we are searching for a team of people who might be willing to stay a little longer to build a core team here to actually build a community in this place which is integrated here and which is rooted Well, I would like to ask Texel about community in a bit as well, because you want to speak about community. But could you just give me a bit of background about when this was started and why it was started and who started it, please? Um, yeah. Do you know the Glastonbury Festival? Yes. Um, yeah, it started out, I think, in the um, 1971 or 72 was the first Glastonbury Festival. And the manager of this festival was actually um, one of the guys like um, being the first project manager here. Um, he had this idea, apparently, while he was um, on some rainbow gatherings in the UK in the 70s. And um, being there with, with some people, being inspired and thinking about um, a place to make the deserts green again because um, it was a time um, where um, I think there was a lot of um, like um, talk about th this topic in particular and um, these people they looked for a place in a desert area to actually be able to experiment with reforestation methods and like with different kinds of desert technologies to um, to 
to counter this narrative of that the human is actually thriving in forests but making deserts out of forests and they wanted to return this um, mechanism and make forests out of deserts again um, and they came here they settled down in um, in this place um, Puerce. And uh, now it really it really changed over the years because now it's way more uh, a focus on community living than on these kind of experimental um, technologies, which we still have and appreciate. But we're not that much into research anymore in the sense, which is a thing that um, that. Wow, that should be changed again, maybe. But um, yeah. Um, so is a technology what binds people together here that keeps the community together? Sorry? Is, is the technology that originally was being pioneered here, is that what keeps the community together? I mean, what is the purpose of having the community here? Is it just a group of people that want to live off-grid? Or could you enlarge, please? Yes. <clears throat> it's not uh, just people that want to live off-grid. Um, I mean, this is still a project. Uh, it's a non-formal education project. Uh, there are several departments here. Um, and still people come here for the education side. So me personally, for example, I'm in the appropriate technology department, and this is the department which, is, which was and is involved in the development and the, the research of technologies that you can use, low-tech technology that you can use in a semi-arid environment. And, of course, things change it during the years because before we didn't have solar panels, of course, and we were more... Uh, Uh, I mean, they were more focused on solar cookers, solar ovens, those kind of stuff. <clears throat> Then now it's more easier because you have solar technology and once you mount it, it's, it's working and stays there and you have everything, internet and fridge if you want and everything. Uh, so people can come here for the educational aspect, which is about technology, which could be about gardens, which could be about drylands, which is the department that works with the desertification and the land restoration. Um, and still we have a lot of um, investigation going on in the desert environment here. So people come here from universities to study the soil, to study um, how seeds interact with this type of soil and um, yeah, things like that. So have you managed to break down how many different categories you have it, for your investigations for all the different study? I mean, because it's been going for so long now, you must have done a, a huge amount of work. Yeah, basically it's three parts. There is the, well, there is the office and communication part. There's the technical, the more practical part, which is uh, eco-building and appropriate technology. Um, eco-building, it's a bit tricky because we are in a natural park, so we cannot build. But um, uh, we use natural, like canyas, for example, we have a lot. Like it's the, the, the causing of the bamboo, no? We have a lot of canyas here, so we try to use that. <coughs> um, And then there's the, well, also in the practical, there is the gardens and drylands which are involved as well. So those are the main areas where people come. Uh, and sustainable living, which is actually everything in being um, underground that allows us to be sustainable, like not use chemicals to produce our own cosmetics and to, um, yeah, to be, to try to be sustainable in, the, uh, in, 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 those, uh, in those terms. 
Incredible. Are you trying to encompass everything you can to be sustainable, or how are you choosing the different areas that you work on? Well, when we come, I mean, we apply for coming to Sunseed and we already decide at the beginning in what section do we, wor- do we want to work on. Of course, we live in the community, so <clears throat> everybody got a bit of everything. Uh, we have communal activities where we work together in various areas. Um, so you still focus on your department, but you have the chance to get a bit of it, a little bit of everything and then it depends on you of course it depends on you how much are you interested in something and you go for it basically so what is your own personal interest in coming here why why did you come here i came here because i wanted to develop <clears throat> more practical skills on technology and basically i wanted to know more how to mount an electrical system or uh, solar panels how to mount that and how yeah practical skills very technical skills that's why i came here and i suppose you're only able to work on what is around you so you said it's a park so you're not able to build but um is it something that you're doing? Are you working with technology consistently, um, the same technology all the time? Or are you, how are you finding different ideas to work on? Well, um, it's very curious. I, me personally, I had some ideas by the neighbors. But the neighbors, uh, they have more experience than me. They have been living here for more years. And uh, it's very interesting how you can um, be self-sufficient with different low-tech technology, low-tech, with low-tech and, uh, I don't know, a small uh, hydro turbine, a small wind turbine that you can build yourself. Uh, A lot of projects that are open source that you can apply in every environment and you can build yourself or uh, buy with uh, low money. (coughs) Uh, So this is a, a constant research on how to not rely to uh, the, commo- the commodities that we are used to in a city or in the n- normal society, let's say. And it's very inspiring to see other people that are doing it and to, yeah, to learn how to do it and to bring it also after this period because we are not, lo- we are not allowed to stay more than one year and a half, two years. This is the, the let's say, the contract of Sunset. People always come and go. Uh, so you... Right now, yes, right now. Um, because you're trying to create a longer-lasting community. Yes, this is a vulnerability of Sunset. I would say it's uh, there is a transient community, so um, there is a lot of project that starts. People get inspired, people come inspired, then they're not able to carry on their project because their time finish finishes, and uh, there there are projects that uh, haven't been finished and. Uh, this is a, a little bit of the, a weak point and also the beauty of it as well because it's always moving, it's always flowing. Is there anything that Sunseed is doing here that isn't being done anywhere else that you know of? Are you pioneering anything at all? Right now in this moment uh, I think the um, drylands uh, because of the environment this is a special environment it's semi-arid and it's the only one in Europe I think they are... Uh, I don't have a specific answer to this, but I think they are the uh, avant-garde of uh, this type of research with low budget and low tech. Uh, So with homemade tools and very low tech, uh, 
uh, they they study the they study the desert and how plants interact with the desert, how uh, native species um, can uh, be put. Uh, I mean, can, how they can re rebuild an ecosystem uh, without massive forces of, of external forces forces and yeah. So um, you are in charge of technicals here. What kind of work are you doing day to day? What is your hands-on work here? Basically me, I repair stuff. Uh, I've been repairing the wastewater system, for example. We, have a, we are off-grid. Uh, we have a wastewater system which is uh, meant for thirsty people. Uh, it's very easy uh, and we use um, depuration tanks by gravity. We use a straw box for filtering and fetal depuration by a garden uh, so me i've been caring about it uh, i go there every day to check my, my little plants and um, i've been repairing the electrical system in the office for example um, and i basically what needs to be fixed i go there and uh, i try to fix it uh, in the last months i i got more uh, creative and I started to build furniture for the houses and I like to build lamps and I've been doing that for a while and uh, I'm, I've been more focused on yeah the creative part to make this place a little bit more beautiful as I said. Very good. Um, how, what percentage, can you say what percentage you are of self-sufficiency? I would say um, I would say 60% because the energy for me, it's a lot, um, it's a big uh, weight on it. So we are self-sufficient for energy. Um, although we use gas for cooking uh, and we buy food. Uh, the majority of it, we, we, buy, we buy it from a local gardener. Um, so yes, but we rely on our, uh, I don't know, the cosmetics, or, I don't know, the toothpaste, for example, the bread, everything, we, we make it ourselves and um, yeah, I would say so. Fantastic. Um, is there anything you would like to add that I haven't asked you but you think is important about here? Um, uh, for me, uh, the most important thing that I've learned in the technology department is the concept of appropriate technology, which I didn't know, appropriate technology. It's um, a concept that has been developed during the 80s when the cooperation started after the war. <clears throat> and appropriate technology is a technology that is developed and in, a, in an environment, of course, and takes in a, into account what the environment needs, what is the people living into the environment, what is their interaction with this technology. And so who design a technology which is appropriate take, takes into account all of these factors and, well, develop it. So an appropriate technology here is the, the state of the art of the appropriate technology is the, is the RAM pump that we have. And this um, allows, us, allows us to get water. And without this, uh, we wouldn't have water. And this technology, it's so, 
conceptually easy and it's funny because we I am an engineer and we don't study we don't study it in engineering universities and uh, it works without electricity it's really a piece of art for me and it works very well and we all rely on it the whole village rely on it well could you enlarge on that please could you tell me what the name of that type of getting water is and how it works please yes yeah, so <clears throat> here um, okay we use the water from the Rio Aguas uh, there is a system of channels which is called the Asequia, which is a system of channels built by the Romans centuries ago. Uh, it's crazy because there, is, there are channels that go into the mountains and the rocks. So they have been digging all the rocks for building those channels. It's impressive. And then uh, we gather this water through a ram pump, which is a pump that works without electricity, just with the potential energy and the pressures and a system of two pistons. And it works constantly with a flow of water, constant flow of water, and it carries water. We carry this water on the top of the village, and then we collect the water in various tanks. Every family in the village have a tank, have a tank, personal tank, and uh, yeah, basically it. Um, uh, Incredible, fantastic. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, well, that's really important so that's actually coming from a river and then are you filtering it as well um we cannot drink this water because it's full of gypsum this area it's very rich in gypsum that's why there's a lot of gypsum mines here um we do filter water which is the rain water we filter to to drink with ceramic filters uh but we use this water for showers for toilets for in the kitchen for washing stuff and for irrigation, yes. Thank you, Texel. Fantastic. Laura, is there anything else that you would like to add at all, please? Mm. Listening to this conversation and, and thinking about... Because you've been here... Sorry, Texel, how long have you been here for? Uh, almost six months. Fantastic. And you've been here four months, Laura. So how long are you both planning on being here for? Me, I'm going to leave this week. <laughs> Yes, um, my time is finished and I, yeah, I have another project that is coming, uh, so I'll, I'll be leaving the, at the end of this week. How interesting, because you're talking about making it more of a permanent community, but do you think you'll come back again? Uh, it's one option, it's a very good option because I really care about this place. And, yeah. and will you be using your, what you've learned from here in the next project that you go to? Of course, yeah. Are you allowed to say where the next project is? I will go is? to Colombia for a new university exchange and then I will look for projects, off-grid projects, maybe indigenous communities. And of course I will use what I've learned here, especially what I, what I learned here more than the technology part is the community living and the interaction with people. And this is very, I think, sunset more than everything. I didn't come here thinking about the community living. I came here thinking about the technology size, side. Uh, side. Um, but yeah, the community living is something that really enriches you and you get to, you get to really work on yourself. And this is the the majority of of the experience here very good what is the name of the university course you're doing in colombia uni norte universidad del norte um, what, in barranquilla um, it's on the north of colombia yeah um there are, i mean i will i will study engineering there engineering yes. what, what kind of engineering energy engineering yes. very good fantastic lara 
I am right now in the process of trying to decide whether to stay or to go and um, I don't know, probably I will stay until June um, because um, that's the transition time. So we are gonna renovate the place, we're gonna try to build self-sufficiency for ourselves with our gardens um, in terms of food and um, we're gonna try to find long-term project managers and um, I am thinking of staying as one of these people, but I'm not at all sure because this place is very um, full of intensity and I really have to look throughout the next months if I could be a person to to stem this over the next years. How interesting. Um, and then what areas will you specifically be looking at and developing? Is it long-term projects, like you said, being self-sustaining? So will it be, what are, the, are you able to say what the top three or the top five areas are that need to be worked on? You said one is to make it a long-term community, but also are there techn technological aspects of here, that, like self-sufficiency in food? I mean, t t uh, Texel was saying that you buy food in, but would you like to ha grow your own 100%? Exactly, that's always been kind of uh, one of our vague goals in the sense, but um, to be very honest, Sanseas has never really had this or reached this because it's very hard also to grow um, all of our own food here in this semi-arid environment and um, that's why um, we're struggling a lot with it but um, we think that it could work with um, more care put into there and um, we're just going to try again because um, we're, we're not stupid we're not the first transition this place has been built out of transitions since the 70s but um, we're just gonna try again I guess and really really um, yep um, step up our game in the gardens very but, um, good well good luck um, does the original founder have any involvement still with the Sunseed is there somebody in charge somewhere else or is the authority running this um, still here actually living here right now so yeah this is an interesting question because that's also one of the changes that we are making because right now the um, Sunseed community is an association which is based in the UK and as well in Spain and um, actually um, right now is the moment where we are um, abolishing the UK association so to say because we're running with a board of trustees which are six people who are legally responsible for the place while not actually living here and um, these six people they don't want this responsibility anymore because everybody is living in a different place and maybe does not have the time and care capacities actually to be legally responsible for Sunseed and in this place we are aiming to actually sustain ourselves um, fully and completely and have all the people who are having power over the place also in the place and that's why we are looking at different kinds of um, community design mechanisms to actually distribute the power in this place in a way that it doesn't come down to the project managers afterwards taking ownership over the place and it um, hierarchies getting created which is um, totally contrary to our values here in community life and in um, our um, little bubble where we're trying to really get away from these kind of patterns of domination and um, these patterns of yeah capitalism patriarchy and uh, mm. how interesting because 
I document a lot of communities everywhere, and it seems to me that there are very few that actually work. So reading between the lines of what you're saying, do you have any ideas about how communities can work better in the future at all? For me, I am really, really sure that this community would thrive if there would be a stable group dynamic. So we are these 10 people and we are going to stay over these six months and um, through really deep bonds getting created through um, between these 10 people we can reach a level which is maybe um, going further than um, only thinking about yourself but thinking for the project in terms of that we're really a community which um, which has this meta level consciousness about um, not only what's good for me what's bad for me but what's good for for us and this place and maybe Like, I'm really in a struggle because that would just sometimes, that could also be interpreted as like an enlarged individualism, only caring for our little bubble here. But at the same time, I feel like these deep connections between these people are needed. And that's the way that for me, communities can work. And from that place of like um, deep bonding and care and a culture of care that you can actually cultivate here, then you can like spread your roots towards in the region like in the sense that you can connect with other projects but obviously first we have to be like a little bit of a stable entity um, which can't happen when um, everybody is coming in and coming out even though I really like the aspect of many people going through this place because that's the positive thing we give this experience to many many people and you can it should keep be open again after six months in the sense that like people are coming enjoying and leaving again and just passing by maybe which is also a beautiful thing but there needs to be a core to this community which is um crucial so how long has the longest member been here for <clears throat> one year i think um that's cesar uh, right now and um, he's been here for one year Uh, maybe with Harry together, like Harry, maybe even longer. Yeah, but normally people leave uh, after one year. I think um, a few years ago, there were some times where people also stayed up to two years. But right now, the the vibe is that you leave after one year. And even as Ketzel said, um, that this is one of the rules of Sunseed. But actually, I feel like more than a rule, it's also a culture. Because obviously, when you see everybody leaving whom you um, came with or whom you connected with or whom you spent time with here, then you you also tend to leave now because maybe you feel like your time has come. And that's the thing that here it's like, it's the best thing about Sunseed and it's the worst thing about Sunseed. And that's such a dilemma because it's such an amazing playground for experimentation. And at the same time, um, it brings a lot of uh, dilemmas and problems. And I feel like that's also one of the things that Sunseed is actually pioneering because like this place has been like this since decades and really like this this kind of like experimental, social, yeah, um, fertile soil for, for really like sparking ideas in people and then bringing them into the world and into other places as well. Very good, fantastic. And do you have any feelings about how uh, a community works? Have you experienced any other communities, Texel? Uh, Quetzal. <laughs> Texel. Sorry. No, no, Quetzal. no problem. Um, I didn't experience living in other communities. This is my first time here in a community. I visited uh, other communities. 
And I understood that um, the base, um, it's that uh, a community is formed with people that have the same passion. So here with the transition, we understood that this place could focus more on land restoration and on the desertification side. This, is, this will be the focus. So people coming here would be passionate about this topic. Uh, so for me, a community will work if the people have, have the same passion. That could be movement, that could be art, that could be gardens, that could be technology, whatever. But they, they are really committed and they, they are choosing for their lives to, to really go into that field and to commit to that. And also <clears throat> the community, of course, uh, community living has its own difficulties, of course, because you share spaces, you share every minute of the day with other people. So um, having your own private space, of course, is a key uh, for living in a community as well. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. So is a part of, does this exist? Well, I suppose it's more important now than ever because of climate change. There's going to be more desertif desertification in the future. There's going to be more arid places, drier places. So is this going to be uh, a, a, a knowledge base in the future for where people can learn how to adapt? Because it's going to get hotter here and also hotter further north as well. Well, for me, it has been uh, it's been a source of knowledge because where I live in Italy, in central Italy, it's going to be desert. Um, so um, I've been gathering knowledge from this place because uh, we do practices. We, we build, um, um, let's say, dams. It's not the correct word. Dams with wood to stop the erosion, to catch the water. Uh, we have been like with the wastewater system we irrigate the garden we reuse our own water um, I've been thinking about like putting logs for example under the earth to, to gather humidity for the for the arid months um, so I think this could be a place where of course uh, you can learn and you can experiment and you can prevent you can study prevention uh, prevention technologies for uh, for the future, yes, totally.